Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate. I'm joined by my regular co host, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ben Errington. And uh, increasingly regular co host. I don't know what to call you anymore, Andy. Just uh, uh, irregular will do. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be unusual, would it? Joined by our irregular co host, Mr. Sheets himself. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody. How is it going, <laughs> everyone? The dogs are good. They heard your name. Yeah, they were like, what? Can you a turner? What's he doing out there? Yeah, you're looking a bit like an evil overlord or some sort of supervillain with your high back chair. High back right chair, yeah. I'm like it looks like you should be telling us, uh, telling the Batman to reveal his identity by the end of the night. Otherwise, people will die yeah. one by <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a given. If you are listening, Batman, I assume you are. Um, yeah, if you could. <laughs> if you could. <laughs> if you could, just just reveal yourself, innit, for God's sake. <laughs> Our superhero identity is really that people are just... like I'm p- currently playing Spider-Man Miles Morales on PS4. He's told about six different people that he's Spider-Man. Yeah. No one seems to care about superhero identity, about uh, their true identities anymore. Superheroes are telling everyone. It'll bite him on the ass like that spider. That's what happened. He told the spider he was. <laughs> it came back to bite him. Bit him. <laughs> and, it, and it bit his arsehole. How well, is maybe the, not the hole. How is the, Mar- <laughs> <laughs> how is the Mars Morales game compared to yeah, the non Miles edition? As far as I can tell, it's pretty short compared to the non Miles edition. It feels like them releasing it as a full game maybe is a little bit cheeky because. I've just got to a part. I mean, I've not been playing it all that long, and I've just got to a part where they're like, "This is the last mission. Make sure you update everything." And I'm like, "What?" The first oh, yeah. one has Correct. sped by. There, I'm playing that at the minute. I'm like, I got to that same mess. That message where it says, "Are you sure you want to finish it?" So now I'm doing everything else just because I feel like it's been too short. Like I need to yeah. extend. I did everything on the way there, so I was like, oh, "I'm ready." Yeah. Uh, on the on the way type of guy. I'm definitely a got to do, do it all at the end. Probably hey. my downfall, but still. 
That's all good. these things. They'll be like, oh, Scorpion's wrecking you know, the prison or whatever. It's like, well, Scorpion's all the way over there. I've got some yeah. petty crimes to deal with. We've got some backpacks to buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, what have we... Oh, real life scares. Is anyone... Oh, the famous section. Right. Any, um, has anybody had a real life horror this week? I mean, it doesn't have to be this week, horror. but I think if we keep it as topical as possible. Very topical then, given the day. Um, I think pancake a real day. life horror. It's pancake day. <laughs> People make it look so easy, don't they? Flipping those... Flipping we don't see how many takes. We don't yeah. see the 364 days of practice that they get in when they make pancakes every night flipping, flipping 10 reps. I'm quite a regular yeah. pancake eater anyway. Not so much making them from scratch with the batter and everything, but yeah. pancakes are in my diet like a couple of times a month already. You don't yeah, let Jesus tell you when to enjoy a pancake. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, Jesus, you can... Yeah. Yeah. because you didn't have one for a bit. Just doesn't mean I have to go without. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I made pancakes this morning. And you just, you just want to do a good job when you're taking on that responsibility. And there's that tension when you're shaking it. You've made sure it's not stuck, and then you wait, and you just think, oh, "I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to flip it." And then, you know, when sometimes it doesn't quite land, and one of the corners is just folded under a little bit. So, oh, can I save it? Yeah. I think that's not like a jump scare, but that's like a <laughs> that's like a not quite as bad as a jump scare. <laughs> Burn your pancake. Like, it's like a creeping terror, isn't it? Like, creep. Is he going to be terror. able to do it? You're going to ruin Pancake Day for everybody. Everyone's going to hate you. No one's going to forgive you. They're always going to bring it up every Pancake Day. Remember that time you fucked oh, up Pancake I'll, I'll do, Day? I'll do it this year, shall I? I'll do it this year. Oh, oh do you just want to turn it with a spatula? No. I want to try. And <laughs> Are you, you're, you're a creep man, I'm guessing, more than a, a kind of a scotch pancake yeah i mean i'd eat i'd eat uh i'd eat a scotch pancake but um i like a I like a crepe yeah crepes are good what, what do you what topping do you have yeah that's what i was gonna ask i like a nutella i like a jam <laughs> a, a jam what's the most I like, basic i like a jam sugar i like Just a jam sugar. no 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 uh, sugar orange and juice. uh i have orange juice always had orange juice growing up as a kid orange i don't juice. think we could get lemon juice back when we were growing up. I don't remember that being a thing. Other when you wash dishes with it. But <laughs> like, orange one juice. citrus town. Yeah. <laughs> wash dishes with it. Those are the washing up lemons. Don't use them for your pancakes. <laughs> what? Ooh, ever so bitter. Yeah, I actually I really like orange juice and sugar. It's dead simple, but it tastes so nice. That's kind of mad. How much orange juice would you put on each pancake? I've never done it. Just get oh, right. slice, uh, half an orange. <laughs> half an orange. Not that oh, noise. More straight from the orange. In my head, yeah. in my head, you're doing it from a carton. I've done that out of necessity before. Robinson's sure. fruit and barley. Just uh... <laughs> a <bit of> squash. <laughs> a bit of double strength squash straight onto the onto the pancake. There's no double strength when we were growing up, but it was just single, regular strength. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. when double strength came in? Changed the yeah. world. Changed the squash I... landscape. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent, not the wrong time. This is talking about squashes. Genuinely, the first doubt that my now wife's dad ever had was because I like a glass of Ribena from time to time. And growing up, it was banned in their house. And one of the first times I met him, he came around, he came around and we uh, I got in some Ribena and he was like, no. what's this? No. <laughs> I was like, I told you. Why was it banned? 
sugar oh. induced like seizures. Coke and everything are fine, but no, not Ribena because it okay. pretended to be too kind. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I got you. I'm on the same wavelength. Like, so it wasn't. It wasn't the sugar. It was that it lied. I guess about 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 the sugar content. Real life, uh, real life horror. How do you feel when you've missed Pancake Day? When it's like you go, oh, Pancake Day was yesterday. Oh no, everyone's well, experienced it. Everyone's enjoyed it. We haven't it had together. pancakes. We haven't had pancakes yet, and I'm going to do it tomorrow instead. But like uh, you, forty days now, mate. Otherwise, you'd be smited. <laughs> <laughs> smited. Luke will be alright. Can't get smited twice. I um, I'm like you. I eat pancakes quite semi regularly. Maybe not twice a month. I don't have a fix in the calendar like like perhaps you do. Yeah. But I. Uh... <laughs> this is my nice show my Tuesday again. <laughs> a, lovely, a lovely, a lovely pancake, scotch. Uh, go for a crepe now and again. But yeah. Greek yogurt. Oh yeah. Honey. Honey. Yeah. Banana or raspberries, depending on what I've got, and then a little sprinkling of like granola with some little chocolate bits in it. Just a little sprinkling, not too crazy. Just a little sprinkling. Just get extra crunch. Nice little bit of uh, oh shit. Oh. Nice little... <laughs> that's, that's, that nice little bit of texture. That's yeah. A nice bit of that's a nice bit of a recipe. I mean, people might say you know these are basic things because of course you know, but fuck off with your things that no one would ever. Oh, do you have it? Beans? Is it? Is I've it, had good beans. <laughs> beans and bacon and maple syrup. Sure. I, I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> I have to spend the bacon. But the beans is, yeah. is next level, isn't it? So we had, it was on like the fluffy American style. And it wasn't a huge uh-huh. amount of beans, just a bacon with a couple of uh, 10 beans on top. Just, just ten beans. Oh, I, <laughs> me you... myself, I like a I like a dime bar and then I just get like a bit of coal and I just grate it over there. <laughs> ten beans, was that even worth dirtying a saucepan? I can't remember like... how many beans. Maybe oh, I'll do this wash it up later. <laughs> All for ten beans, is it? Yeah, they yeah. were big beans. Maybe I don't know. Just threw the rest of the tin away. Just went. That's all I want. I'll do that cold tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Any other real life horrors? Because it's <laughs> is you know... a real life. Oh yeah, Miss Pancake. Okay, yeah. Missing Pancake. Okay, um... uh... I don't know. <laughs> Watch some men move a piano. That was stressful. <laughs> yeah. What down down a flight of stairs? Up a flight of stairs. It was very stressful. Is this real life, or do you live in a no, 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 no. <laughs> our, our, our old house that we we had a piano there. You can't fit a piano where we live now, so we were getting we were given it, um, and then yeah. so we had to give it away. Uh, and someone was taking it, and then the guys were coming to take it out of the house because I was never taking it up that flight of stairs. Pianos are crazy heavy. Did you yeah. did you play anything on it as they were leaving? November, November, November rain. <laughs> That's why it was so difficult for them to move. I was sat on the stool saying no. <laughs> Gotta finish November Rain. It's eight minutes long, all right. And if you can't wait for me to get for the final to the final outro, then you know, screw, yeah. go screw yourself. <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, no, no other real life horrors. Apart from you know, put the news on. Yeah. But you know, what else is new? The real life horror, obviously, I said I was going to mention was when you're chatting to somebody, having a text conversation. You're not really into it. You're not really bothered about talking to them. This sounds mean because it makes me sound like a grouchy old man. Sometimes you're just not into it, and then someone sends you like a massive wall of text. First of all, you've got to read it, effort. Second of all, you've got to like pick out valid bits to like react to and maybe ask further. Like, ah, I'll just leave it. I just want to go, nah, just leave that. Just don't. Is it worse to not reply or reply 
okay, full stop. Not I just mean, that's okay. just, just the thumbs up in Facebook. Give him a big one. <laughs> Give him that. And you go, oh, that's, pretty, that's pretty big, that thumbs up, yeah. Or you just yeah. go, ha ha. I write lol. It's a force of habit. I've had yeah, it. It's been there since I was um, 10. Yeah. I know. Um, and I understand that some people don't like lol, but it's, I guess, the real life horror is when I write lol and I, I've worried that the people reading it are thinking, what a tit box. <laughs> what a nutcake. Um, <laughs> Oh, good answer. Now, Uncle Frank's taken a turn for the worse, so um, <laughs> you know it's probably best if you come down and say your goodbyes. Lol. Yeah. yeah. You can do the laughing react as well on Facebook, as like inappropriate yeah, well, laughing same, react. But it's the same thing. If I write lol, or if I write hee hee, or if you do the little um, reaction laughing thing, it's all the same thing. Like it all means all the, the same, same thing. Shit. We're all push putting fake. Pretending we're amused <laughs> about something out into the ether. If I write no ha ha, I have genuinely ha ha in real life. That's how you oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like a heart on face on uh, Twitter, which just means I have read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have consumed this. I've never liked a single tweet. I don't what? know why. I've gone so long not liking a single tweet that now I can't like a tweet because I'm like, I can't start now. So if I, I was always to tweet that you've liked. It would be do something I, epic. So I retweet things and or respond to people, but I don't just like. And do I don't respond? know why. <laughs> and I don't know why, because on like Instagram and Facebook, I do like things. So I don't know why on Twitter I've decided that I'm not going to like things. But for some reason, if you, if you went... Confusing the algorithms. So you need sure. those likes to know what to like show you. Should we go back to the, the top of the show? Welcome to the Neurosis <laughs> Hangout, where three... <laughs> oh, God. I mean, 12, minutes, 12 minutes in, we've been talking about pancakes and Twitter. I mean, this yeah, is what sorry. people are here for, right? <laughs> like, they, don't, they haven't come to listen to us talk about um, a horror classic. I've got a real-life horror, actually, that, um, that feeds into the next segment. Um Amazon has cancelled Truth Seekers, the TV show starring Simon Pegg and, and yeah. Nick Frost. I've got See that, that? Tab, tab open to talk about on horror news, so close that. But, what a segue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what a segue. Um, are you guys I disappointed see... I, didn't, I didn't see it? I, I saw it and watched it with Kat, and we both really liked it. Like We binged it. And we don't really binge stuff much anymore. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but it was very watchable. Very Did fun. it leave it open for a second series as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't really even finish uh, the story this time around. I don't think. I can't actually remember what happened. That's, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> but, um, oh. but Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, you got to have them doing something in the world. You can't leave I'm sure them. Would have done well. I'm sure it would have done well. As far as I'm aware, a lot of people watched it. But yeah, I think not many people knew about it from no. reading all the, the replies and stuff on the. On the socials. Is this one of these yeah. things where, like, have people changed their expectations of what a streaming show is going to do based on the last year? And if, it, like, it has to do more to be, you know, the best? Or is it because yeah. are Simon Pegg and Nick Frost a bit expensive for, for a streaming show? Do they cost a bit? Because, you know, mm. yeah, both big names. Possible, isn't it? It's true, yeah. Still a shame. Dunno. Yeah. Uh, 
any other news apart from that? I see. Uh, well, this isn't really horror news, but I thought we should discuss it anyway because Justice League, the oh, Zack yeah. Snyder cut, is rated R. Um, so yeah, we'll possibly we'll see some gore, maybe a couple of swear words. Well, more than one swear word. I'm um, seeing a little clip of like Steppenwolf wrecking all of uh, Wonder Woman's crew. Oh, that's, that might might be pretty gory. Did you guys see the trailer? Obviously, it's, uh, yeah. They're, they obviously it's going to be as far as I can tell, it is, will be the, the Justice League movie at its heart, but padded out with loads of stuff. I guess nightmare sequence, um, other origin bits, and it's going to veto other bits and chuck in Dark Side in. Is it instead of Steppenwolf or as well as? As well as, isn't it? As well as, I think. Um, I mean, I, I quite like the Watchmen movie. The last yep. trailer had a kind of Watchmen movie vibe to it. So yep. I'd be up for, I'm quite excited. I haven't even seen the um, the non Snyder cut. Ben's gone. No, I've not seen Shazam. Not seen. Shazam was pretty good. Aquaman. Luke. Aquaman, yeah. Wonder Woman one or two. Oh, you're a Dude. DC. Just what? cannot be bothered. But I will watch this. I will watch this. Um, I thought the 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 Justice League one was all right. You know, as a mm-hmm. as a superhero team up, but it almost feels like with a lot of the DC stuff, it's it's almost harking back to some of the cool things of like happened off screen. Like, oh, I remember when Robin got killed by Joker, and you're like, yeah. oh, I want to fucking see that. Oh, I want right. to see that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I like the Watchmen like enough, mm-hmm. and I like. I think Zack Snyder's um, Dawn of the Dead is great. Really mm-hmm. like it as a zombie movie. We should do that one day. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. DMX yeah. is in it as well, but um, but I don't know. Like Justice League. If something has to be four hours long to be good. And if you're yeah. disappointed with if you're disappointed with what it was, but you think that making a four hour version of that is what is needed to make it good, you're in like a tiny bit of a Venn diagram. And I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I'm absolutely gonna I'm absolutely gonna watch it. But yeah. like I've got trepidations because yeah. it's four hours fucking long. Like, yeah, I'm hoping but to see it it could be very, very I think it'd be like you, a lot can change in an edit. Like two people can edit the same movie and it will come out two different yeah. ways. I think it'll be quite different to the Justice League that I've never seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I think my problem is like Justice League comics are some of my absolute favorite. Some of the greatest comics I've um, some I've ever read. Like some of the Grant Morrison stuff is so so good in terms of the Justice League stories. And there are great stories for all of those characters, like arguably with like some of the names of the individual characters that are behind it. It should be an absolute like out of the park. There shouldn't be any room for any doubt. It should be amazing and incredible. And unfortunately, I think they've in some cases, some people are. Like they've almost got a fetish for the Dark Knight Returns and nothing the fuck else. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like, come on. Yeah. Like, the Dark Knight Returns is good. It's a good book, but it's not the only good thing they've ever done. And I think yeah. certain characters in particular, like, I don't, I don't want a dour and serious and fucking miserable Superman. 
I want him to be like the nicest man in the world. Mm-hmm. Also, Cyborg looks like uh, like a crum- crumpled Kit Kat wrapper, like the foil bit. <laughs> I don't understand who designed that look. It does not. It doesn't look good. Isn't this it crotch really like doesn't... Megatron's face? <laughs> you look at the picture. It looks like if you had a filling and you chewed on him, it would really hurt. Yeah. I, I will say about Cyborg is I haven't read enough Cyborg stories in comics to be able to comment on it, but for me, it's a problem because the Cyborg I'm most familiar with is a Teen Titans Cyborg, which, mm. which is quite a fun character. And again, it's just dour. <laughs> yeah. Well... I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with it? I'll, I'll, probably, gonna, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch it. I'm sure I'll enjoy I'm, it to a degree. Yeah. If, if not for like the film as a whole, probably just for seeing some cool little bits. Like obviously, yes, Jared Leto's Joker is back, and he seems to be the guy who's taking all the headlines from this trailer with his long, luxurious, well kept hair. Because he genuinely and with a straight face says, "We live in a society." <laughs> yeah. Oh no! I didn't even catch it the first time round. I was just kind of like, "Oh, there he is!" Oh yeah, yeah. We live in a society, do we? He's got a little SWAT team jacket on, and I've read some bits where he's got apparently like police badges all over it of people. I he's have killed. a feeling that he's not really there. Like it'll be when Batman's thinking to those dream sequences. Uh, the yeah, joke awesome. will be like uh, the devil on his shoulder, or, or something. You know, that kind of metaphorical. That could be quite thing cool, though, because um, what's it yeah, called? Bat- yeah. uh, the Batman comic, The Last Night on Earth, is that what it's called? The Last Night on Earth? Yeah, where, he, where he, he's got a severed Joker head with him and he's taking it about a, like apocalyptic wasteland. Um, mm. And Are they've got gonna... quite some interesting... interesting I'm going to uh... watch it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm to have to see it. It's inevitable. But yeah. then when I've seen it, like... I either think, oh, that was very good and I am refreshed and that was an enjoyable movie, which is four hours long, so I can't watch it that often because when do you have four spare hours? <clears throat> or if it if it is disappointing, then I feel I'll feel incredibly bitter because it was four hours and I paid for it a second time. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna see it and like you can't not at this point because the hype for it is huge. What's yeah. weird is that I think I preferred Justice League to Batman versus Superman. Yeah, same. And and that was an entirely uh, Zack Snyder production obviously, wasn't it? So Yeah. I preferred uh, I preferred Justice League. I liked the bit at the end where Superman was real nice and beat up the bad man. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been at about I liked it when they had a race where the Superman and uh, the Flashman they had a race. That was the best yeah, bit. It's both the fast. Best. Oh, it's both fast. properly, mate. Come on. <laughs> I the only thing I really don't like about Zack Snyder's superhero universe stuff is they do that effect all the time where it goes really fast and really slow. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. and it, it just looks so fake compared to the Marvel movies when, when someone hits someone, it feels super real. Like when Captain America knees someone and they fly off into a side of a building, it it feels like it's got some weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like room for a lot of slow motion. Less slow motion in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place than. Um, <laughs> We had to use slow motion because the episode wasn't long enough. It's like seventy-five percent slow motion. <laughs> that's that's why it's four hours long. <laughs> Two hours of it's just slow mo. Yeah. It's a ninety-minute movie. The only other piece of news I've really seen is obviously some big news: is that 
um, in The Last of Us HBO series. We have our Joel and Ellie. Uh, so Pedro Pascal was cast as Joel. And Bella Ramsey, who is in Game of Thrones, was cast as Ellie. Uh, yeah, pretty spot on, really, isn't it? Um, I've seen a lot of people complaining. They don't even look like them. It's like, well, I mean, they kind, they pretty much do. So <laughs> it's just, uh, what are you going to do? That's so, a yeah. yeah, pretty pretty excited for that. Should should be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal, everything he touches turns to gold at the moment. So let's keep going on this on this journey with him. Loving yeah. it. Let's play the second game. We can play that at some yeah. point this year, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, Pedro Pascal, he's obviously found a niche, which is looking after somebody smaller than him. <laughs> Uh, in basically in a single dad role. Don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't played The Last of Us games, but Ellie doesn't stay. Well, she's not super helpless like a certain baby Yoda. Well, he's not helpless. What am I talking about? He's got it's the old... magic, isn't he? He's got magic in his hands and stuff. Well, he's got, he's got rubbish. powers that we're going to be talking about in a little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, baby Yoda's oh, yeah. got some mummy-like powers. Yes. They ripped the mummy off for the Jedi's and ripped the bloody mummy off. All right, uh, <laughs> absolute rip-offs. Emo tips coming. He's going to curse you. You know the pharaohs <laughs> are, are up for it. Emo tips. If we said that, like he's, he's emo got like emo, emo hair, but with like little pink or green tips. Come on, oh, emo oh, tips. Oh, you said you emo tits. Oh, emo, emo tits. tits over it. <laughs> emo tits is pretty good as well, you know. Oh, he's always in such a bad mood, old emo tits. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, but that's that's it for news, really. Has anybody watched anything of note this week? Uh, well, I watched the video of you interviewing the director of Sater, which I've seen okay. quite a few people talking about online. That was good, it? It? The film. It's all right, not, yeah. Your interview was good as well. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sater, that is out now uh, on uh, demand. Yesterday? Something like that? Yeah. It came out yesterday, so the 15th of Feb. Uh, yeah, we did a little short interview with Jordan uh, Jordan Graham about the making of it. Uh, so that's out as a bonus episode, which was released just before this one. Yeah. Go and check it out. We're probably going to try and do a bit more of stuff like that, like talking to filmmakers directly, just about their stuff. I think especially like independent <laughs> films like that, yeah. it's nice, you know, not just that people are interested in us seeing them, but um, it's nice to maybe put a bit of a spotlight on them that wouldn't get the same... Yeah, kind of buzz. What did you guys yeah. make of the like? I think hearing Jordan talk about the film, I I heard the interview after I'd seen the movie. I think it made me appreciate the film a bit yeah. more and all that had gone into making it because yeah, definitely worked down hard on it, right? And I think it's a very personal story. Um, mm. And I think it made the film. It sort of made me like reflect back on the film after I'd watched it, but. Um, mm. It's, yeah, an interest, yeah, it's, an, it's an interesting piece. There are some nice bits of creeping dread in there without spoiling anything. Yeah, and it, and it looks amazing, you know? It, it, it stands alongside... It seemed to, like, capture this sort of A24 horror vibe. But obviously, what's strange is that he obviously started making it before and during that films like that taking off and becoming popular in the mainstream. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see how, how it came together in that. But yeah, I recommend it, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I don't think I watched too much else. Um, Galaxy Quest, which oh. uh, is on Netflix at the minute, so that's fun. Very nice. Uh, Sam Rockwell is great as always. Um, Alan Rickman. Mm, yes, he is in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. 
<laughs> you watched uh, it. Yeah, I don't know what else. What's been going on? Uh, this week gone by? That, I've been playing the medium on the old oh, yeah. Xbox on the PC as well. I think it's good. Oh, yeah. What difficulty have you been playing it on? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. one. <laughs> medium. Uh, medium. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sucked in. Um, yeah, I'm playing it on the standard difficulty. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, standard, regular, <laughs> normal. Ready, sold. Um, yeah, it's good. It's very good. Um, so, very brief premise. I don't know that much. I don't know that much about it. You know. You play as a um, a woman who is a medium. It's like in the ni- in 1980s in Poland, um, and. It begins with she's ha- she's had these gifts all her life since she was a kid from when she can remember. Um, she herself has been adopted. Her adoptive father, who runs a funeral home, um, passes away, and it begins with her going to um, you know to settle affairs at his house. Um, and it's revealed there that you know through his work and everything, she's been in contact with a lot of dead spirits, and she's developed these gifts to be able to see things that aren't you know that normal people can't perceive, and to be able to help. Um, spirits pass on um, and it has some nice mechanics which I think use you know the new consoles and good PCs to be able to run things in parallel like there are moments when she has a foot like in the spirit world and the regular world and you're controlling the character once but she appears much like you guys in front of me here in split screen and you're controlling both so in some cases there'll be a barrier in the real world that you can get through in the spirit world and go through and unlock things. It's not too combat heavy. There's a couple of sneaking sections or some sections where you're running away from enemies, but primarily it's narrative and solving puzzles. Um, and it's good. There's some good visuals in it. Um, yeah. Made by the guys who made the Blair Witch game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's good. It's, um, it gets to some dark stuff, which I won't spoil, but it's... Um... I've hardly seen this. Yeah. <laughs> you got to change the brightness end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know that bit at the beginning where it says, turn this down so you can barely see these symbols. Like, nope, all the way up there. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, no time yeah. for that. Not because I'm scared, it's because I want to find the collectibles, obviously. But... Yeah. I think I'm going to play that at some point. But speaking of new horror games that are out, Little Nightmares 2 is out. Um... Which has had like a huge amount of buzz. Um, some of the people chatted about it, and I've seen lots of like TV adverts and stuff um, rocking up. Uh, I'll definitely give that a go at some point. Lots of cool horror games to play at the minute. Mm-hmm. Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple of things this week. Um, so I saw the Rob Zombie Fire. I guess you call it the Firefly Family trilogy. Some movies that I've never seen before. I mentioned this in the <clears throat> in the Horror Hangout Board of Advisors Facebook group. Is these films have been a bit of a blind spot for me that I've only really seen Rob Zombie's Halloween movies and not the films that kind of established him as a filmmaker. Uh, so it seems like most people are kind of fans of these. I mean, it got quite a big cult following. A lot of people like House of Thousand Corpses the best. A lot of people like Devil's Rejects the best. So I watched all three, not back to back, but all three over a few nights. And uh, yeah, they're pretty good. I think they do get gradually worse. By by the time Free From Hell rocks around, I am well and truly over spending time with these characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think the first, like House of a Thousand Corpses, I think it's really good. It's really over the top, cartoonish. 
um, quite unconventional in the way it's like edited and sort of yeah. put together. Uh, but yeah, I really like it, and I think considering Bill Mosley is made his name as Chop Top, is that what his name is Chop Top in uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, which I really wasn't a fan of, and I really wasn't a fan of his performance. I think he's the strongest person out of all of these, despite the fact that you see um, Captain Spaulding, so Sid Haig's face everywhere when talking about these films. He's kind of like the person everyone seems to love the most. I think yeah. Bill Mosley is the, he's just got this weird glazed over look in his eyes where you're just like, oh, God, leave me alone, mate. Come on, back off. Uh, give it a rest if you could. Yeah, give it a Number two was the one that we uh, um, kind of glommed onto when we were kids. I think we were listening to a lot of Leonard Skinner at the time. It was summer. <laughs> we, we were driving cars for the first time in our lives. Yeah. So. Yeah, it feels that, more that like a Freebird like sequence a is good. Grindhouse thriller. Oh yeah, the Freebird sequence is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's less of a sort of over the top horror movie. This is more like a gritty sort of crime thriller. Obviously a bit gory in places still. But yeah, by the end, by probably like the final third of this film, I was a bit like I've kind of had enough of everybody. Um, Baby, uh, played by Sherry Sherry Moon Zombie, is just a bit annoying by the end. I'm just like, all right. We get it. We understand what mm. your stick is, but come on, the p- people just keep falling for it. Like, oh, she's attractive, is she? Oh, she wants she's being flirtatious. She's being flirtatious with me, or uh, now I'm dead. It just <laughs> by the time that happens for like the fifth time, I'm a bit like, oh, okay, right. Uh, Free from hell hasn't hasn't really got much of a story. It felt like just because obviously Sid, Sid Haig, I believe, passed away. Mm. Was it around about the time they were filming this? Um, so he's not in it much. He's kind of in it at the start, and that's it. And I think it does kind of struggle a bit because I think Bill Mosley has taken his character, um, Otis, as far as he po- possibly can in terms of being an evil, serial-killing scumbag. Um, and Sherry Moon Zombie is just going nuts throughout the whole film. Just, yeah, I was a bit over it by the end. Some random little cameos throughout the, uh, throughout the trilogy, though. Uh, Danny Trejo turns up in Devil's Rejects and Free From Hell, but Diamond Dallas Page is in the Devil's Rejects. Uh, WCW, <laughs> former WCW Deep champion, cut. and now big, and now fan of yoga, DDP. And it was just mad because I thought he's badass. Why is he not in more films? So that was what I take, took away from these films: it was DDP, get him in more films now. He's really bendy these days, so he could probably do a load of stuff on screen. <laughs> Oh, he's doing the Delson things. He can <laughs> teleport. He can do a fire. Yep. Stretch his he arms. Could, and he could do a sick diamond cutter. So let's uh, let's see more of that on screen. Um, yeah. And the only other thing I watched was Willy's Wonderland, which as a lot of people have been watching over the last few days. The Nick Cage um, trapped in uh, sort of Five Nights at Freddy's style scenario with um, sort of like a Chuck E. Cheese full full to the brim with scary animatronic animals. Uh, yeah, and pretty much everything you would expect to happen in this film pretty much does happen. Uh, it was fun, but it was quite one note. I didn't. I felt like it didn't go as batshit crazy as it could have, and it even felt like Nicolas Cage was holding back, which you don't see him do much these days. But it felt like he was just having a quiet day at the office, pretty much. Animatronics are expensive; they don't want to bust yeah. them. 
he's got debts to pay already. He had that dinosaur skeleton. This so. was the thing for, for 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 a while. I was like, okay, so the gore in this film is the animatronics getting ripped apart, and the gore and oil is essentially the blood. And it felt like that was what it was for a while. But then the blood starts flowing, so I was like, it just couldn't really felt it felt like it couldn't make up its mind whether it wanted to be super super gory over the top or possibly a little bit more. I don't know. It was fun though, worth a watch, definitely. Oh, lovely. And then we've got. Has anyone seen the new Wrong Turn yet? I know that's been talked about. I've no. got it on my list. I want to watch it at some point. I'd like to see it, but not yet. Not yet. Not got around to it. No, I've not seen it yet. Yeah. What is? The, is it just streaming? It's not on Shudder or anything. I'm not sure. It's a good question. VOD, maybe is it? So it's apparently out. it's. It's not like. Hit, 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 it's not like hillbillies in the hills, is it? Hillbillies in the hills. No, it's it's the change they haven't they? Because I yeah. guess is, you know, uh, by the time you got to the later, the later thing, the later installments of the um, of of the Wrong Turn franchise, maybe it was a little bit probo because it was like these are very rotten inbred inbred folks. Like you know, yeah. most people live in the countryside. Perfectly lovely. <laughs> Most of them, all right. Uh, yeah. So they've changed yeah. it. It looks like it's some sort of cult thing now, possibly. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's got a cult that's mentioned. Yeah. Then there we go. So maybe we'll chat about that next week if I uh, manage to watch it. Cool. Did I watch. Also... Oh, go on. <laughs> no, oh, if, you, well... if you've thought of something, Ben, Luke, sorry. Well, so I was trying to watch uh, the film with The Mummy. Um, and I'm struggling <laughs> to find it. And I found one, like a YouTube copy. I got half an hour in, and I realised I was watching something that wasn't the Mummy. <laughs> Were you watching it the didn't... 1999 Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> this is What's very this? good for 1932. Yeah. Wouldn't be complaining um, about that. It was. No. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was directed by James Whale. So I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Because I know he directed a lot of the Universal uh, stuff. Or maybe, no, did he? Maybe I'm thinking of the TKO stuff. Um, I got confused. I watched some of the wrong movie. It was not. It was like three twenty p. So I was like, I couldn't tell what was oh. going on. The audio was like <laughs> constantly. So I was like, I don't know if I can stick with right. this. Yeah. But then I found out I was watching the wrong movie, and then I watched uh, the the Mummy from nineteen thirty two. The Mummy. Uh, did you say you've seen someone else, Andy? Did you say? You were just... I, I was just saying we all saw we all saw one movie. We also took mummy, took mummy. So uh, the mummy is a 1932 American horror film directed by Carl Frund, um, starring Boris Karloff, Zeta Johan, David Manners, Edward Van Sloan, and Arthur Byron. Uh, in the film, an ancient Egyptian mummy named Emotits, no Imhotep, <laughs> is discovered by a team of archaeologists and inadvertently brought back to life through a magic scroll. Uh, and then he goes on the search for his long lost princess, which is pretty much just Mario, isn't it? Just, uh, just Mario. Just, just Mario, Mario already. It's just, Mar- just, <laughs> just Mario already. What? <laughs> She's in another um, castle. <laughs> Fuck shit. Uh, IMDb have this rated at 7.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics are giving it 88%. And uh, audience score is seventy-two percent. Letterbox says at three point three. Some choice letterbox reviews here. F- uh, Film Golton 
Felon Goldton. Um, he wrote, this film was amazing. Like, some of the shots on this thing are OMG fucking incredible. Five stars. He was really into it. Uh, Max just goes by the name Max, like Cher or something like that. What an amazing movie about a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And a story so amazing I can't spoil. Five stars. (laughs) He's really into it as well. I don't know if I believe these people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hannah R. uh, put gross and racist and they all deserve to be cursed to be H. Uh, half star, so you went with. Um, and then Beanbag Flicks. <laughs> he comes in. Beanbag Flicks, does he? Flicks is Beanbag. Beanbag Flicks pops in, chimes in with a with a. Of all the classic horror movie monsters, this is the most boring. One star. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Max's review that you went for there, Luke, reminds me of. When we used to work in Poland, um, one of the kids, the the kids put book reviews in. I was working over there, working over there in like obviously a key time in 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 our culture where every one of the boys in my class that was doing a review of something gave me a review of Avatar. Know so much about 3D technology, Um, and all of the girls in the class brought me a review of of Twilight. And I'll never forget um, the log, the the final line from one of the things. Like, I really enjoyed Twilight. It has made me want to learn more about vampires and their lives. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so Max's review makes it just a really interesting film. What an amazing movie about a mummy! It reminds me of Jerry, Jerry Jackson. Uh, my name is Jerry Jackson. This is an animation. <laughs> Um, but the first <laughs> review you read, he, he maybe loved it so much. He watched it in 4K, like with one of those seats that was like moving all around. Whoa, man, I'm in Egypt. This film is amazing. Like some of the shots on this thing are OMG, fucking incredible. Film Gotlin, Goldin is uh, the connoisseur <laughs> of the of the cinema of the yeah. cinema. Of those universal. The only thing I've noticed monsters. about. Do you know about the the poster have you got the poster in front of you can you find the poster have a look at the poster is uh zeta johan bless her her face on the poster i know it's just a painting slash illustration she looks like homer simpson when he eats the really sour sweet like her, <laughs> her mouth's all inside out like oh, look, it. bloody mummy <laughs> I <can't find> <laughs> she does oh I yeah just kept looking at it <laughs> she's like oh she's all pressed up against a a, a tablet not not a iPad, but like a, a sc- yeah. but like a stone tablet, and she's like, she's just popped a little gobstopper in her mouth. She's like, more oh, bloody sour. She's Take the photo. Popped it in. Uh-huh, she's at work, and a boss has seen her, so she's trying to make it look like she's not, not got anything in her mouth. And they ask her, they go, Zeta, are you ready for this Zoom call in five minutes? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to waste it. Spit in yeah. some tissue. Uh, yeah. So. There we go. This was a short one, obviously. Um, we've done a few Universal uh, monster movies on this podcast. We've done the 1931 Dracula. We've done Creature from the Black Lagoon. We've done Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. I think we did a double bill. I think that's it. Yeah. There's still a few omissions. I think we still need to do The I've Wolfman. Done the wolf- and, oh, we've done and, uh, the uh, deep Creature from the Deep. Deep Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Black Lagoon about a year ago, was it? 
You know, there's universal movies. You've got the Frankenstein, you've got the Wolfman, you've got LL Cool J and Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we did Creature from the Black Lagoon a little while ago. Mm. So, yeah, we've covered them. We've got to do an, uh, an older Invisible Man. Yeah, an Invisible Man oh, and an yeah. old Wolfman. Yeah, and, and uh, is the Phantom of the Opera count as a? It does, doesn't it? I think so. Uh, it that does now. Long... Now you've said it. Is yeah. that Lon Chaney? Mm. Who? <laughs> the guy in uh, um, Phantom of the Opera. It's not Karloff, is it? No, it's not Karloff. Karloff. Not Big Bad Boris. <clears throat> Wrinkly Karloff. He. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so this was short. This was like an hour and 13 minutes, short and sweet. Uh, yeah, we've got you covered for run time. <laughs> yeah. But did yeah. it... But did it, it, felt, it still felt like a bit longer, didn't it? I guess the pacing was incredibly it's slow. Felt yeah, it's like definitely a, of its time, Zack right? Snyder film. It felt like a Zack Snyder yeah. So much slow motion. Slow motion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got Boris Karloff who played Frankenstein the year before um, he that was a big hit for him so in this film they build him as Karloff, just that name as in Hotep <laughs> just um, a one man <laughs> Sita Johan uh, who plays the love interest and also the uh, the reincarnation of Anuk Moon, which I can't say aloud without thinking of Anuk Moon <laughs> the, from the Anuk Universal <laughs> Um, I mean, if we are, we're going to mention that briefly, the 1999 mummy with Brendan Fraser and uh, what's his name? Voslu. What's his name? Who's, who plays the mummy? Uh, I mean, it's awesome, right? It's uh, Darkman 3. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome, right? We're all huge fans yeah. of that movie, right? I, yeah, I, I love, kind of love that movie, yeah. Yeah, it's like these movies. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm at home and it, if you flick him through the TV and it's on, you'll stop on the mummy stop and watch him, won't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably even stop on the on the Mummy Returns as well, but not wherever the next one was. What was Dragon that? Emperor. Dragon Emperor. Yeah. What was that shit show? Wasn't it? Uh, they, <laughs> it's recast, not even no. they recast. They uh, recast. Even no hep. Even <laughs> no hep, mate. That's who you are, mate. Uh, they recast Weiss. Rachel Weisz. They recast her. I'd never forgive that. That's, That's a cinematic. A cardinal sin. <laughs> That's a cardinal yeah. sin. That's the last thing I'm fuming. Jet Li's in it. Don't care. Recast Rachel Weisz, I dare you. I've got to say, uh, Rachel Weisz in the, in the Mummy was a bit of a crush <laughs> for me growing up. It's because she was a librarian as well, wasn't it? That was it. That's what did it. You just love to think of her shushing you. <laughs> <laughs> I will shush, thank you. <laughs> Don't give me a yes. fine. Um, so I noticed an absence of Rachel Weisz in this one. This is an interesting creative choice. Um, we've also got... <laughs> few of people I don't recognise uh, oh, they've been folks. on scene very recently Frank, they played Frank Wemple Joseph Wemple and Dr Muller I think they were the yeah. oh, okay. they, they oh, no, three musketeers yeah. of the whole, the father, of the whole scenario <laughs> yeah. the father and son isn't there um, and then yeah so, it's, so this is set in 1921 it begins so, in 1921, you're right. Oh, so it begins in 1921 and it eventually catches up to modern day yeah. in 1921. <laughs> it becomes a contemporary movie after the opening scene. So yeah, you're right. We begin with, and this is the first of many examples, 
where something significant to the plot has happened. So my first note here is that it begins with an archaeologist putting together a very complicated, old, like, ruined bit of pottery or an artefact which has been broken into as many as three pieces, which he's putting back together. Um, and then he points out, like, oh... But yeah, what a hard, hard and exciting day's work we've had excavating this here mummy behind me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they've they've already excavated the mummy, Imhotep, and they read a little box. Um, everyone appears to be fairly fluent in ancient Egyptian, and the box says on it, um, "Hey, it's your boy Amun Ra. If you open this box slash read this out." You are going to be absolutely cursed, mate. So don't. Slash, read this out. Read it in your inside yeah, voice. It does. Yeah. And, it, and <laughs> my other bit was like, you've just read it out. Like, surely you'd get to that bit. Like, you know, it's like, eh, if you read this out, you'll be, ah, not going to read the end of this out to avoid the curse. But he doesn't. He reads, um, he reads it out, um, um, which. Someone tries to stop and says, oh, I won't let you read this out. Like, I have, I know we're all scientists here, but I have these beliefs that you shouldn't. If something says, if you do this, you'll be cursed. Even as a scientist, I'm going to say, don't don't invoke a curse, because it's a real bad business. And then he heads off and leaves the one, like the, I guess the lead investigator continues there to do a little bit more research while the other's nip off for a, for a cup of tea or something. Um, and this is where we see Imhotep, who was just hanging out in the background of the scene as the guy continues to read the scroll. He wakes up and he has a little little sly little peek out of his eyes. You see him open his eyes up there and then, um, and then heads out of his coffin. Um, and of course, it was a different time there. Much like in the Victorian era, if you had a really stressful day, you could die unless you go and live at the seaside for a bit to convalesce. <laughs> um, this guy, in particular, this this scientist and archaeologist, he cops a look at Imhotep wandering out of the... He doesn't get him, as far as I'm aware. He just sort of catches it's sight mad. of him. Just like his, his hand comes in, he takes the scroll off him, and then he just wanders out, and he is instantly insane he's laughing yeah. <laughs> i'm insane now thank you well it's really strange that that based on the fact that the boris karloff as the mummy is so prominent on the poster and obviously prominent probably prominent in a lot of the marketing around the time we get very little boris karloff as the mummy in what we expect to see you know wrapped in bandages yeah. looking like a even when he like climbs out of that sarcophagus he's pretty much off screen we see his hand and then yeah. we see a little a little trail of oh he stood in toilet paper and is stuck to the bottom of his foot. That's embarrassing. As think... he walks out the, as he walks out the door. Yeah. I think this you is the first example of that, isn't it? So I don't think they knew that this was the iconic thing that they didn't realise until it was too late that they spent too long with him out of his bandages. Uh living life disguised as a man. Yeah. yeah. I mean um, it has, you're missing a load of stuff where he's gone out into the world. And first started to, you know, look a I want true to see fish, that movie, the true fish story. Out of, yeah, a true fish out of water story where someone coming to America a... from a sarcophagus. Oh, gets hit by a car. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, someone passes him a, <laughs> someone passes him a mobile phone. Oh, what, 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 tries to eat it. I don't know. Yes, yeah, 
Because the scarab beetle just wangs it away. Give me that. <laughs> um, yeah, away yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's not he's not in it at all, as you say. He basically goes and this and the guy who's watching him, he sees him, goes, You mentioned um the Joker earlier on. Maybe that's the true origin story of him. Once upon a time, Jared Leto's Joker was just a completely normal man going about his business, caught sight of a mummy, mad. That'd be a great uh, post-credits sequence if he looks at the camera and says, "Anuk Sadamon." So before before they did the did the scroll, did a little reading from the scroll. I think they had a look and they worked out that all of his um, a lot of his organs were still there, and so were his viscera. Mm. I think they say, um, and they noticed that there was signs of struggling. So they work out that obviously he'd been wrapped like a traditional mummy, but he'd been buried alive. Why is he so gooey? Why does he so, how does he like sort of become almost human look, looking as well? Because well, obviously he, in the yeah, he, um, to a degree in the nineteen ninety nine version, in like caramel the... or something, <laughs> like he, lots of foundation, yeah, and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> He's got ten know. years to practice that. He's got ten years in a minute coming up to practice oh, that look. It's not worth not worth the effort, is it? Jesus. Just, I know we'll come we'll come to a flashback in later in the film, but guys, just put put yourselves like cast your minds back a little bit. Imagine to yourself, you are a pharaoh, right? You you've got your you've got your girlfriend or daughter, whoever it is in this incarnation. And pharaohs, pharaohs were like nine years old, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you're you're the pharaoh. You can be whatever age pharaoh you like, and okay. you don't want this slash magic man, Emotep. <laughs> you don't want him messing about, right? So you're gonna you yeah. you've cursed him to death, and you're gonna get him. Why would you get this magic man who has got all these things about bringing people back to life and do anything which meant he could be resurrected? Oh, I'm gonna put you in this thing that preserves you forever and bury you with this scroll that brings things back to life. Just whack him in the bins. I would give him. <laughs> I would like, whack him in the bins. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do anything that like, oh, I'm going to preserve your body forever. You'd burn him up. Yeah, it it's like those people who put uh, yogurts in the in the fridge and just don't whack him in the bins. They so whack him in the bins. Not live on. Back to get you. <laughs> it will. Yeah. It's like if your number. Yeah. If at any point your number one enemy, you've beaten him or her. Yeah. Don't then put them in something which is like, oh, this will keep him forever, wouldn't it? Just kill him. You've got the chance to kill him. Kill him. It's like Psycho Goreman. He was kept on planet Earth with a magic gem. Oh, yeah. Just just kill him while he's there. Just came, stomp on his head. Cave his head in. in the, yeah, exactly. If any of my enemies are listening to this, if I ever get the opportunity to get you, I'm not going to leave you in a position where you can come back in thousands of years. <laughs> double tap. To get it's me. The, zomb- the Zombieland double tap. Just make sure that they're definitely, definitely dead. You don't have to worry about it. You can sleep soundly. Not going to chuck you to the bottom of the Mariana Trench like Megatron or like in the in the <laughs> centre of the earth like that stuff from Green Lantern. You're just going in the bins, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me, definitely. Um, yeah, but yeah, then, someone hasn't done that and he comes back to life. So we don't see. We don't see the the guy goes nuts. We don't see him again, do we? Like no, ghost. we just we just hear. We, at this point, he's he's laughing and he is he finds seeing a mummy, yeah, hilarious. Uh, and then we what, what are you laughing at? I saw a mummy once. You're still laughing you, about that, are you? 
we don't get we don't get to see him explain that sadly we flash forward to 10 years later and it's a couple of scientists and they're still having the excavation but now they have had, had it, they're sick to the back teeth of it they're like I'm fed up of looking in tombs we never get anything good um and the other guy that was doing this 10 years ago he's just died in a mental institution went mad saw a mummy apparently but um... <laughs> so Imhotep is just knocking about now um Disguise well, mas- he's got a hat on. He's masquerading as a modern Egyptian guy called Ardeth Bay, covered in makeup. Uh, maybe it's Babeline covered in makeup <laughs> all over his face. Uh, maybe he was reborn <laughs> with it. <laughs> this doesn't make sense, really, does it? Do you reckon he's doing like YouTube makeup tutorials? Like, uh, okay, guys, I know a lot of you've been asking about Imhotep's uh, makeup routine, but today we're going to finally show you how I disguise the fact that I'm a Free set, free millennium old. How old is yeah. it? <laughs> three thousand seven hundred years. Three thousand seven hundred years old. I'm going to disguise that so I can go about my business. Don't know if I'm giving him a accent, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better that you give him that accent than you try to do Egyptian. an Egyptian one. Yeah, don't want to be cancelled uh, like Crinan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, like, so. With that letterbox review, when they're saying it's racist, is it because white people are essentially playing Egyptian characters? Is that what we're saying? Oh, the the uh, an Egyptian princess decides to come back, and her soul takes over just a white woman called Helen. So Helen. I've got a, pi- I got a pick of everyone here. Oh, she's half yeah. Egyptian, isn't she? Yeah. Helen's yeah, mom exactly. was Egyptian, so it's not That's probably right, for yeah. her. Apparently. Got it. Mm. Um, Karloff. I don't, maybe oh. it's saying that all Egyptian people used to be mummies. Maybe that's what they think the film There's is. There's a uh, generalisation there that's, yeah. that's not helpful. Hello, I'm from Egypt. What, you used to be a mummy or something? Pretty <laughs> pharaohs, uh, no. No, yeah. no. Um, no, none of that. Do you live in a pyramid? No, no, no one does. No one lives in a pyramid. What, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that kind of bigotry that, we've, that they've got to deal with. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in in the modern days, um, so you're right. They see, they see what's what's Imhotep's name? Like his Ardif, fake name, Ardif Bay. Ardif Bay comes in and he introduces himself. Says, "It's all right, it's your boy Ardif Bay." <laughs> Ardif Bay just sounds like somewhere on the on the east coast, yeah. just like a little bit further down from Skegness. Where are you going today? <laughs> Won't go down Ardif Bay for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's all right down there. Like a Welsh seaside town. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so oh, yeah, great. it's me, um, Bay. I um, I heard you saying that you're sick of looking for tombs and that, but I know where there is a dead good one. And he's like, oh, all right. He goes, why would you tell us this? It's all oh, because we we people of Egypt don't believe you should dig up your uh, you know our, our dead ancestors, but you English thought, guess you can just do it. That's fine. Um, and he shows them where the tomb is, and these scientists literally, on their day they were going like, to give it up and head back to London, they go and they dig it up, and what should they find but the tomb of yeah. a Nooks and a Moon. I mean, pretty lucky yeah. for, our, for Mr. Ardeth Bay, a.k.a. the mummy, a.k.a. Emotits, who <laughs> is lucky that there are some English archaeologists knocking about that can go and Crack a Nooks and a Moon's tomb open for him. Maybe he was is that why he wants to do it? 
they were right at the end of their tether. Maybe he's been waiting all these years. Maybe like he got his disguise sorted like a couple yep. of days after he broke out. But he's just been waiting for him to find it on his own, and then they just haven't sold the last days. Oh fuck's sake! I'm just gonna have to tell him. Like he's been dro- he's been in the weeks running up to it. He's been dropping them like clues in rhyme and stuff. <laughs> and then like he just had to yeah. give up and say it's here, right? Yeah. What's it's the so deal? Brilliant. So he he they get to discover the thing, but they don't get to keep all of the yeah. discoveries. Still, it goes to a museum in Cairo, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's um, part of that. That's part of the deal. But they get to dig it up and they maybe get something, I guess. But they do stay in a museum in Cairo. Maybe it's a timeshare thing. They get it for a few years. and Because yeah. I think there's a quote, it's later on, where it's like, oh, the British Museum is not interested in loot. And I'm like, have you been? <laughs> <laughs> have you been there? <laughs> loot all over the place, mate. <laughs> not much British loot. stuff in there, mate. <laughs> it's just loot. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so they find the Nooks and Enemies too, and then we go to the next... um, we have the next bit where basically fast forwards a bit more. We don't want to watch them excavate all this tomb or discover the things within it. We just fast forward and it's like, oh, that was a busy couple of weeks excavating that tomb. It's all in this museum now. And all the treasures are there. They've they've got it all together. And it's been the biggest bonanza of all time. There's, you name it. (laughs) There's there's, there's pots in there. there's, There's treasures. There's mummies. They found a lot. They've got it all. Uh, good day at the office. Good couple of weeks at the office for them. And this is where we meet uh, Helen or Helen. Helen. Or Helen Grove. Helen Gro- Grosvenor, half Egyptian woman, who bears a striking resemblance to the princess of Nooks and the Moon. Who would know that? Well, I suppose Imhotep would, but that's a quite a big. Like, I reckon I forget what someone looked like in three thousand seven hundred years. You're giving a lot if of credit I... to like three thousand seven hundred year old craftsmen. Like that mask that's on that sarcophagus <laughs> doesn't look like. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we got to discuss um, Imhotep's 
um, burial as well because was that is that kind of re- that's not revealed just yet is it we don't we see get him that's that's a little bit looks, later on when he yeah. looks in the mumra pool a bit later on then you yeah. <laughs> the mumra pool yeah then when he, he looks at his jacuzzi yeah but uh, um but now we just meet helen at, uh you know classic like big british party in in egypt like a fancy ballroom at a nice hotel or something right that that bloke who takes a liking to her is it frank frank wemple oh what a flannel this guy is he's just like he's all over to start with to be fair though she considering this is like the 30s like the way she kind of dealt well i guess she still has a force for him as well but the way she kind of uh kicked his ass a little bit with some of the ridiculous things he's saying which is like oh i was holding you when you passed past that and i was thinking what does he say he says something something wet where yeah. I'm like, you've just met her. You've literally uh, just met her, and you're uh, already going. I might be in love with you. Apparently, just... courtship yeah. and really securing like a a life partner in the 1930s was all about telling someone you love them three times. It's like someone in Beetlejuice. <laughs> you get it. You get through all those three times, and that's it. It's the contract. She does acknowledge how ridiculous it is, though. I think she does say yeah. something like, uh, "God, you're a bit full on, and you've already requested a relationship with me on Facebook." Get out of here. Yeah, we don't got any mutual connections, mate. Don't poke me. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, before before that, and we go off there, so we see Elle and Helen at a lovely party. Meanwhile, at the museum, the professor and um, Frank's dad are both celebrating the big win, having all the, you know, having all the loot, not loot. Don't, don't ever let anyone say it's loot, all in this museum. And then who should um, who should be at the museum? And your friend and mine, definitely not the mummy, out of bay. Definitely not the mummy. No matter what you say, he's definitely not the mummy. You look a bit wrinkly, don't you? How dare you? You piece of shit. <laughs> so he's so what's he doing? He's transcribing he's, like he's just he's just there at closing time. He's looking at the stuff. And then first they come and say, "Oh, mate, it's closing time now. Come on, last entry's fifteen minutes before." Um, but then they realise it's him. Oh, it's you! I'd have been the guy that told us where it was. Oh, for you, we'll stay open all night. He's Come got a me- a- he's got a membership card. He's like just shows it. Just goes, yeah, season hey, pass, God. mate. VIP. Um, <laughs> and he says, "Oh, come and have a chat with me in my office." And they have a bit of an awkward moment where he goes, "Oh, don't touch me. I've got to think about it." Um, do you reckon that's because he's dusty? Because he's a mummy. Uh, his, his makeup might come off or something, or makeup might come off. What he looks arms, like he could like... crum, he could crumple. He, lo- yeah. he looks like a kind of got a sandcastle thing going on, like he could <laughs> stumble into himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, don't get don't get any wet on me. Yeah. So he <laughs> he goes to the office despite not wanting to be touched, and it's a pointless excursion. He goes to the office and goes. Well, thanks for inviting me to the office. I've got to go now. I've got um, I've got some work to do. But he wanders back into the museum and does the first bit of doing his magic. Um, and Helen Ellen, who's at the party, having a bit of a dance with some just some guy, all of a sudden stops mid-dance, gets a coat, and heads in a taxi, just mindlessly chanting Imhotep like... Um, <laughs> Like the people in the 1999 Mummy will do in the future. What's she um, saying? Emotep. 
<laughs> so doesn't someone say like, "Oh, she said a word that I've never, no one's uttered aloud in yeah. all of this time." Then how do you know what it sounds like? Yeah, no one said that. No one's spoken, said it. It. No one's spoken this language for three thousand seven hundred years. But, you, um, but you're probably you know how it well you enough. You know what it, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a name, like, and also someone said it in the opening chapter ten years ago when they said Emotep. Maybe yeah. the, oh, That's the last time anyone said it. Ah, but he's mad. So if he, oh no, I said Emotep ten years ago. A likely story. Stay in the straitjacket, <laughs> mate. You haven't said that name, not even just now. Um, um, but she's chanting Emotep. She gets to the museum and is banging on the door when Frank turns up and she says, oh, I've got to get into the museum, but then collapses. Let me in. I've got to get some of that museum content in my eyes. <laughs> but she gives up real quick and collapses. Frank probably says, oh, just come back to my house. I've got Encarta 96. We'll watch the stuff on there. The <laughs> closed. Is this the first time he's met her, Frank? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Ah, oh, what a weirdo. What an oddball. So he collapses, and like any gentleman would do, he just takes her to his house. You see a collapsed woman, <laughs> that's what you do, right? That would never go badly. I'll take her to my house, that's fine, yeah. To be fair, there is a doctor there, so the doctor is we'll the doctor is the doctor is summoned. Um and meanwhile, maybe this is why she collapses, because a museum guard um Comes upon the mummy and finds him. <laughs> what? him. What's he do? He uh, he locates the mummy, shines a torch on him, and this um... is bizarre. This moment is bizarre because he shines a torch on him, and and what's his he name? He blows a candle out. He kind of like, looks oh, around, no. blows a candle out, but then he goes and switches the big light on, which you know that's things are serious when you've got the big light on. But then he walks out like. If I just walk out slowly and normally, no one will know what's up. And the security guard follows him. Um, we learn later that he died of fright, but the sound effects here sounds like the mummy's like just thumped him. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he came upon out. the mummy. Because he came upon the mummy and he said, "I dare you." <laughs> Have that crap, you dirty boy. Give him a yeah. <laughs> about, about I give you some of this right? And there's a facial for you mate and he thumps him yeah. um, off, off screen um, and we don't know we don't know what's, we don't know what's happened yeah, so anything um, sinister does happen off screen even, even like the mummy in the opening scene like come into life apart from an eye opening opens his eyes, hand, we don't really see anything like everything's off screen all the, all the big sequences off screen <laughs> All the scary moments are off screen. It's odd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a dog, then. It sounds like someone, a human, doing a dog bark. <laughs> that is, um, that is um, God of the Underworld, well, Anubis, fair. apparently being demanded to be let out in the garden for a piss by the sound of things. Either we. But yeah, we, we go back and. Ellen Helen regain. Oh no! Before she regains consciousness, the others are talking about the wonders of a Nux and a Moon's tomb. They say they found her clothes, her jewels, her toilet things. I know that means like makeup and stuff, but <laughs> imagine like like a Nux and a Moon's little wash yeah. bag, you know, with like uh, all the bits and pieces in there. Just for just for when she's away for a couple of days, you know, she's got yeah. all the essentials in there. What are those toothbrushes that go in a little plastic container? You yeah. can, uh, you know, if you want to be buried your... with that, I want to be buried with that. You'd, you'd never know. 
Putting tiki pegs in the afterlife. You never know what you're gonna. You never know. Never know what you're gonna need. Um, and this is when um, Helen Ellen wakes up and she talks to Frank. So are you bloody rotter taking all these treasures out? And he goes, Oh, I had to do it. Science, you know. Well, a lot, fair yeah. enough. Science is like an excuse for a lot in this film, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's science. that's the reason because oh, because science, like you need to know what the Egypt people in the past um, buried people with. It's important that we know for science. She's oh, I guess so, suppose. Um, and then we find out that the guard has been murdered of shock. The doctor and the dad are talking about it, um, and this is where we get some beautiful nineteen thirties dialogue. And this is the courtship bit where it's like you can. Uh, you can tell me to go to the devil if you like, but uh, I bloody love you. It's uh... doesn't she say something like, "Oh, do you find all all your potential partners in open graves?" I'm like, <laughs> "What?" Oh yeah, because he talks about how. What he, are you accusing me of? He talks about how when he opened up a Nooks and a Moon's tomb, even though she was infinity billion years uh, old, and the mummy's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "I couldn't help but fall in love yep. with her a little." He had bit. a little twinge. He had a little twinge. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. And I'm Dusty. cinnamon. <laughs> and I'm cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he, um... me to go to the devil. Go to the flaming devil. I'll see you later, then. Fancy in a mummy, mate. Like it's uh it's not the great first yeah. greatest first first impression to make, but it doesn't seem to be too bad. So he mentions that I love you. Tell me go to the devil if you must, but I am just going to go to the other room to talk to my dad. And like a canary, she just goes, well, well, better go back to sleep then. She just settles down. <laughs> uh, she just kiss him at some point, doesn't she? There's a really weird cut where they're kissing, then somebody walks in, and then it cuts away, and then he's like stood behind the sofa. <laughs> well, it is? might be, an, it might be a bit of a care that happens. but So she goes to sleep while while Frank is off talking to the other gentleman of science in the in the office um and emotep just turns up at the house i don't know why he bothers summoner if he can just come places and he's there and she and emotep have a little bit of a standoff where is she a little bit like magically enthralled here or is it just that he's an interesting fellow Mm, not sure obviously we get a few couple of those iconic close-ups don't we where it's like right looking deep into his eyes that are kind of glowing a little bit we get to see every little wrinkle yeah uh, on his, his face his mummy dust so they're talking his, mummy dust, his, li- his little hat and everyone comes back in and they they immediately know that he must be the mummy because he's super sassy with him he's like oh you can't kill me i'm gonna have my terrible revenge and they say but i would kill you this is like the classic like you're going to have a fight then. You're just lucky, mate, that the dinner lady's there because I would absolutely <laughs> pan you. So, considering, well, you they're men, considering they're men of science, they do like pretty much immediately believe that he is a mummy. Yeah. Well, he is, says as much, doesn't he? He says, see this ring? He is I've, very crinkly. Yeah I've, I've enslaved, yeah, I've enslaved this guy back here. He's my servant now. Um, yeah, I definitely killed that guard. I'm going to steal Helen slash Ellen. And um, the bit where the scientist is yeah, like, if I, I would kill you, I would beat you if I could, but you're too powerful. Yeah, and I just talk to each other across the across the room. It's, I don't know. I you beat you could up. get away with that in the Marvel movie these days. I would fight you, but you're too powerful. <laughs> Listen, Ultron, this would be absolutely on, but 
you are too powerful right now. And he's like, well, fine, I won't press this advantage. I respect what you've said to me. Um, I can't fulfill my goals right now either, so we'll just agree to leave it for the moment. And he leaves. Yeah. Um, and the science men go back into the office and say, right, what we've got to do is we've got to burn the um, the ancient scroll. But rather than do it while they're all together right now, they agree that one of them will do it alone later. Um, and the doctor puts... Oh, no, the dad. Um, so Frank's dad, what's his name? Professor something. Uh, Professor... Oh, it's um, Professor Wemple. Professor Wemple. <laughs> so, Professor, so Professor Wemple puts the scroll on the um, on the fire. But even though he was just there a minute ago, Emotep has gone back to his base and has decided to do a trick that copyright infringer Darth Vader would steal. You know, some some forty odd years later, for a move of his own, where he force chokes him from a distance. He gives him some curse. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm assuming um, he like does he choke him or does he essentially make him have a heart attack or something? I'm not sure. Does he heart attack him or choke him? It's something along those lines. Basically, an ethereal force from afar squeezes yeah. an essential part of his body and he dies of it, um, yeah. unable to burn the um, unable to burn the papers in time. And then the mummy's assistant comes in. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of a switcheroo here. He. Um, Takes the scroll out of the fire, puts some newspapers in there to trick the others to think, ah, it's been burned on it. And um and he's gone with the with the scroll, which has the power to res- resurrect the dead. Yeah. Mm. Good times. Yeah. Is this is around about now we see a bit of a flashback um to, to we, the ancient uh, Egyptian times. Yeah, it's it's coming up it's coming up right now when he summons when he summons Helen. So the first thing yeah. is that the ruse that the that the servant has placed is only temporary because in another scene it turns out that the doctor has um, deciphered that he goes ah oh, that one newspaper that was newspaper in the fire whereas the scroll that would have been bloody papyrus wasn't it and he's was like <laughs> right um, and oh you know your burned papers I see yes, yeah, I yeah thanks Sherlock but he and the doctor gives um, Frank. Um, the power of Isis, like a little talisman that will protect him from the mummy. And bloody Frank, he doesn't want to put it on. He's like, I'll put this on, it protects you from the mummy's power. You know, there's mummy's powers that literally just killed your dad. And he's like, yep. oh, I won't. I'll, I'll. After that, he goes, Don't suit me! Don't suit on. me! He's like, oh, I don't want to put it on. And his, his, the closest he comes to, oh, I'll put it in my pocket. <laughs> You just don't want anyone to accuse him of just uh, looking a bit silly with a little thing around his neck. He's got he's got a complex about jewellery. Yeah. Um, so, Imhotep summons um, summons Helen to his downtown Cairo apartment. I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go. It's not made it sound so cool. Yeah, she brings she brings uh, her. Dog. Summons her. She she's. Yeah, she's out walking her dog. She's kind of struggling to walk her dog. Her dog's just like yanking her all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Dog, Who's walking dog's... who? That's what people say when they see a dog pull it. Who's walking, Who's walking who, eh? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but the, um, the, the dog goes in there. The dog's afraid because it's a 
like a shouty white cat in there. Um, and uh, Nooks of the Moon, uh, not Nooks of the Moon, uh, Imhotep has got the got a flashback all loaded up, ready to go. <laughs> yes, he's already buffered. It's already buffered. It's already Slowly. buffered. I had to pause it, rewound I, it. I, I skipped the intro. <laughs> I skipped the intro, but uh, it's ready to go. So if you just sit down. Oh, can you imagine? He'd be really embarrassed because obviously 1930s broadband. He'll have done a thing, he'll have preloaded it, and then when he rewound it, for some reason, it's like, to I'd already loaded this, why did you... <laughs> what do I need to run? Oh, for God's sake, I'd have to get him on the phone. Oh, it's like, oh, I yeah. should have downloaded it to my device. should have downloaded it to my pool. Um, but, <laughs> but, he, but he... It's all right. The smokes, the smokes come, and he goes, oh, um, obviously, because of my magic, you won't remember this, but... You probably have a vague sense or a feeling about it, and she's like in a trance, so she can't respond to it. She sort of looks at him like, "Is it anyway?" So I'm, I'm rambling. Just, just watch, just watch. And he has a, and he has a flashback about people listening that are familiar with the 19. Actually, no, the sequel, The Mummy Returns. It's the sequel. Quite it's like the opening bit of the sequel. Yeah, yeah. So Anuxa is going to die, and he goes, "Oh, I bloody love you, Anuxa I'll bring you back to life." He gets busted trying to bring her back to life by the pharaoh, and he's not happy at all. What's the bloody age difference here between Imhotep and uh, Anux and the Moon? It's hard to tell. People like, people <laughs> age people age differently in these days. He could definitely he could be he's a sol he could be sixty, and she could be anywhere from twenty five to thirty five. I suppose you know who am I to judge? Yeah, but and but. Imhotep, he gets busted by the pharaoh and again, as we were saying earlier rather than just like feeding him to a crocodile or chucking him in the bins he goes, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to bury you alive and I'm going to chip off these things that mean you go to the afterlife and you'll be you'll be here in limbo forever and I am going to bury you with the scroll that brings people back to life to make sure no one looks at it and um, his sarcophagus, like the face of it, is identical to him. Like they had one ready to go. They had a sarcophagus made with his face on, ready to go. They knew he was going to muck about with some of this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe because of his role as like a priest, he was just the model for all sarcophaguses. It's just a coincidence that he's buried in one that looks yeah. like him. Yeah. I, I never thought about that, but that is a great point. Also. Because in the world old... somewhere, there's someone who there is someone who is a model that appears in the pictures yeah. that come in frames. He or she can just buy pictures from the shop, and there's nice pictures of them already in it. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, what's the expected age? Like the expected, uh, like the life expectancy. Sorry, of someone in ancient Egypt, because Boris Karloff is getting on. I thought people were popping their clogs like at fifteen. <laughs> Maybe a little bit older. But, uh, the pharaohs were all nine. He's really last. Yeah. He's really lasted. What's his secret apart from he's the makeup? Magic, and... He's a magic man, though, isn't he? Magic can... man. Yeah, that's true. He's got. Depends he's got obviously a man of science. Can... Yeah, if he's got a scroll <laughs> that can bring you back from the dead, he's got a scroll that would like fix you for getting the flu or other things you die of back then. It's true. There's a scroll even for the... everything. Even like animal attacks. There's a scroll um, for that. Yeah. Get the right scroll, you're sorted. But yeah, he is he is um mummified alive. You see him <laughs> vaguely struggling, I guess, while the Pharaoh's men 
wrap yeah. it up. Again, not the same as the 1999 version where Imhotep is proper screaming as he's getting bandaged up. And he gets scarabed, but he doesn't. He did, They just put yeah. him in. Um, they just put him in, and then so they get Imhotep, Imhotep, and then they bury him in an unmarked grave, and then the servants that bury him in a grave are killed by some guards, and oh, then yeah, those no guards yeah. are killed by who kills those who watches the Watchmen. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's okay that the Pharaoh knows. Basically, everyone everyone involved is murdered at some point. Oh, you killed those guards, did you? You're going to have to die as well. Oh, I've killed you, have I? This is why the Egyptians uh, wiped out. They all were tangentially connected to this. One chain from there. I guess the pharaoh could get away with it by, like, if the pharaoh goes... Nine years old. Oh, you don't keep in track of that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Like so, maybe the pharaoh, after the second set of guards killed the first set of guards that killed the servants that killed Imhotep, maybe he goes. I'm, I appreciate you've had to do an awkward thing, guys. So I've made you these cakes. They are poison, um, and that's how he gets rid of them. But who gets rid of the cooks that made the poison cakes? Yeah, you're right. This is how it all came unstuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, uh, so. That's the end. Um, while Helen was watching that flashback, her dog's been murdered off screen. Yeah, that was weird. Unnecessary. And a cat Apparently just sat on it afterwards, ate... just taunted it. Yeah. The cat the cat killed it, right? The cat was like some uh, reborn god or something. God of cats. Yeah, is it Sekhmet or Yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't know why why the dog had why the dog had to die off screen. Truly unnecessary. It's but a pretty she... horrific sound. Yeah. The dog screaming. Maybe they've got that sound and they're like, oh, how are we going to get this in? You've got a dog, haven't you? <laughs> Bring it around. Bring it over. There's also, we have, I don't know, did we mention the really cool effects? It's been in a few times. It's a single shot of Boris Karloff's face and his eyes are dark and then they light up. Have you talked about that? Yeah. 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 Briefly, yeah. But it's used again. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's, it's like all the way nice. through, isn't it? It's yeah, like, whenever he's doing something magic, we, we whack it in there, and it's him, as you say, sort of glowering with with uh, glowing eyes, like that kid from the um, Bonnie Tyler video. I guess he's there, um, summoning summoning Helen or doing some magic. Um, but yeah, Helen just again after he's got the memories back. For somebody who wants to bloody kidnap Helen, he gets her and lets her go all the bloody time. Because um, he yeah. is right, now you've got your memories back. Go home, and so she goes back and sees Frank and says, "Oh yeah, my dog's dead." But I don't, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't quite remember why. And he's like, "What?" You'd be like, "What on earth are you talking about?" Get back out there and find out what happened. You bitch. Yeah, but um, either way, they go back. They go back, and then he basically, like, I think at this point, the professor's like worked it out and says. Okay, come on, we're gonna have to sort this out. So she she gets she gets committed to her house and her bed because having just let her go, Emotep is gonna summon her back sometime and he's gonna be up to no good. And then um yeah, and Nuxon uh, yeah, she worries that every time he summons her with his magic, basically there's we, we don't wanna let her go. So she's got a nurse that basically says, Oh, we've been over this. You told me when you're not possessed. 
not to let you go. And she's like, oh, go on, let us let us just go. And he says, no, won't. <laughs> so then she talks to like the housemaid and says, oh, keep it as a secret just between us. Let's get all, let me get dressed up all nice. Um, so, um, so I can, I can convince Frank. And she has a chat with Frank who he's not having any of it. He goes, no, you're possessed. I know it looks like we're led to believe there's been some transition in scene and maybe this has been several weeks where they're looking for Emotep's base um, and he summons Helen every so often and they just don't let her go. And I guess they're all just bored of it. It's like lockdowns, right? They had a really good solid plan, but they're just fed up of it now. And it's like, um, so the doctor says, next time, Emotep, some, uh, we've, we've looked, we've checked like, we've checked like, nine places and, it, and he wasn't in any of them so next time she gets um <laughs> possessed by by emotep just let her go and we'll follow we'll follow him and that's how we'll get him once and for all um and that's kind of what we do frank has confessed that he loves helen now um, but she's like oh all right um like we'll deal with this mummy thing and then and then we'll work out what's going to happen with us um and this is where frank's hubris comes to bite him because again just just put on the isis frank but he doesn't he hangs it on the door <laughs> and no sooner has he hung it on the Do door not disturb yeah <laughs> if, uh, if isis is a rocking don't come a bloody knocking imhotep but he does <laughs> And and he's le- he's left Isis on the door to no effect. I don't know if he, like it's did he think what does he think is going to happen? Here? Do you think that a, a medallion that might protect you it's going to protect everyone inside that room if you put it on the door handle? Has he read the manual? <laughs> Just pathetic, really, isn't it? Just pathetic. But, um, Come on, lads. No You've sooner has he taken it. Yeah, no sooner has he taken it off um, and put it on the doorknob that um, the mummy um, Emotep. Gives him a force choke in as well, and he has just enough energy to crawl. And this is where we had a difference of opinion. Karen was watching this with me, and she thinks he magicked um, Frank to knock Isis off the door so he could possess um, Helen again. I think he was just choking him. He was trying to get it back, realizing he should have worn it all along. Yeah, that probably probably mm. makes that's sense. what I went for. But either way, he is crook he's he's done it on the floor and um helen is is off out and the doctor and now obviously frank is passed out on the floor and the doctor's nipped out for a second so no one is around to actually follow her to um wherever she's been summoned and Hmm. she she heads off to see him it's okay because when the doctor does come back he goes Oh, they've gone to the museum. They'll have gone to the museum. Let's just go there. But it's okay. But it's okay because Frank's also fine. But they, because of this little delay, they are a little behind the times, which gives time for Helen to arrive at the museum and Emotep again, much like the plot of um, that would be used in 1999's Mummy. Some convoluted thing was as well. He does a spell so she has the memories properly of a Nux and a Moon because, ah, but this doesn't quite count because I 
got to do a thing where I kill you, and it'll sting, but then you'll be you again. Oh, and I've got to burn up the mummy's body, so he, he does that. Um, mummy goes up like a tree. I guess she was very dry. He burns up a Nooks and the Moon mummy. Um, and then he is going to sacrifice Helen and then put a Nooks and the Moon spirit in her so she's officially together with him, right? It's pretty mental, and there's a lot of uh, holes in this plan. I was a bit like, well, he's like a moment of agony, and then we can be together forever. It's like, well, I don't know. He said he mentioned something like, well, you are you're two people, and I think she mentions that as well. I'm two people, so no matter what happens, if they try and live a normal life, uh, she'll always, she'll sometimes go, all right, I'm Helen. I'm going, no, I look to the moon. And she'll go, what? <laughs> he don't want any of that. He's got... No interest. He only wants a bit of a Nooks and a Moon in there. Not not any Helen. Zero percent. So he's going to have to do this sacrifice. Um, and she's dead another, against it. Another thing, like, just harking back to the 1999 version as well. I really believed Imhotep and Nooks and a Moon's relationship. And I really believed the fact that they loved each other. It's like a forbidden love, wasn't it? Um, with this, I feel like Imhotep and Nooks and a Moon like, hate each other. <laughs> I'm just like, just leave it. Go, go your separate ways. You know, um, I know you guys have been together a long time, essentially, but just go your separate ways. Leave, yeah. it, le- leave it alone. Move on. I did feel like Emotep was more bothered than Anux and the Moon was. She was like, oh, oh, a second of agony, you say? Whereas he's like, oh, I've done all this. <laughs> Period. I've been trying to summon you back here for weeks. I've had all this ready. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's not having any of it. Um, our so he's, she's going to be she's going to be sacrificed on the altar, and she's going along with it at first. It's a very blunt knife. It's going to be more than a second of agony. Um, our heroes, the Doctor and um, the Doctor and Frank, turn up, but he repels them with his ring that has unknown powers. I don't know what it's meant to do. Yeah, they kind of like go, ooh. Oh, a ring. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe there's a very fierce glare off it that's going in their eyes, or maybe they're worried he may summon Captain Planet, who he turn to be around when he kicks off. Um, but um, they're repelled, but don't worry, because Helen slash and looks in the moon have a quick prayer to Isis, and she goes, oh, shit. Yeah, um, she, there's a statue of Isis, that's in the museum and Helen slash the Nooks and the Moon pray to Isis because oh I used to be a um I used to be a disciple of Isis and I um broke my vows obviously because I've been dead for a while and I was knocking about with this chap but I will I would like to make an amends for myself and the Nooks and amends for myself if you just deal with this um deal with this um emotep problem I'm currently having and um, Isis delivers in a Deus Ex Machina style. <laughs> she, she just zaps him. Yeah, zaps him. Uh, and you know, not the greatest effect. What kind of app? What happens? I remember a, a crappy looking skeleton being on the floor. Does he just crumble to dust? <laughs> she zaps yeah, him into pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Does she destroy? Does does she zap him into a skeleton, or does Isis? Zap the scroll, which was what was allowing him not to be a skeleton. Yes, possibly, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, because the scroll is burned up, either incidentally or 
by design. Either way, he ends up as a skeleton on the ground. Unlucky, mate. And that's it. That, that, is, that is the end. Yeah, I'll I'll put yeah, and it's literally the most abrupt end ever. Literally, we don't even have a sentence. They just like the the goodies reunite. There's a skeleton, and then it's like the end. Literally, the end on screen. Yeah, the end. Mummy's dead. Mummy's very dead. That's it. The end of the film. There we go. Yeah, and you know, I know we've been flippant and gone through this because it is a film that is very much of its of its yeah. time. But like I know, like it's one of these like there are so many things that you cannot blame this film for. Like there are no other films from the from the same time period that don't do a lot of the other same things, right? But... Yeah. Yeah. Was there which score in this film? I think there was Swan Lake playing at the yeah, Swan, top of the yeah, film. Swan Lake but... was at the start, yeah. Um but yeah. I didn't know. That's about it. I don't think there was much else in there. Um yeah, it's, a, it's a, it was a weird one. Um, I mean, Andy, you were covering a lot of the plot there. I'll be honest, I couldn't remember a lot of that stuff at the end. I'm not too sure if I uh, zoned yeah. out or drifted off or something. I think <laughs> maybe I was the same, yeah. I was a little this bit lost. Is, this is more time than ever. And like some of the films we've spoken to recently, right? Like People Under the Stairs was insane, but I could follow it and I, I remembered it and things like this. This time I did have to rely on my notes because... I think otherwise you would lose track of it just because it's structured very differently to the type of film that we that we're used to watching now, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I've got some name game for you guys if you're up for it. Always up Always. for some name game. Always. Okay. It's not uh, the most complex uh, this time around. Oh. Uh, this first one I saw in the film: an ancient Egyptian idiot named Ib Stupid. Is discovered by a team of archaeologists and inadvertently brought back to life for a magic scroll. Uh, I don't know if you know what that one's called. The dummy. The dummy. It is the dummy. Yeah, well done. Um, it's over when I watched. Well. <laughs> uh, it's watched this film about an ancient Egyptian lasagna named In Tops with Cheese. Uh, and he's discovered by archaeologists and he's brought back to life for a magic oven. And they eat him and he tastes really good. The yummy? The yummy, yeah. I told you they weren't they weren't I highbrow. Thinking, uh, I was thinking too much about that. I was like, <laughs> Dolmia. Uh, in this one, it's another one. It's about an ancient Egyptian stomach named Imbloated. Uh, he's brought back uh, to life through uh, a magic belly rub. Tummy, <laughs> the tummy. Uh, okay, so when I watch you getting all of these ones and nailing them, um, in this one, it's about an ancient Egyptian m- mummy named Imhotep, and uh, he's brought back to life for a magic scroll, but they forgot to resurrect his teeth. <laughs> the, gu- <laughs> the, gummy. the gummy. Yeah. They forgot to resurrect... <laughs> Have you read the bit out which says, don't forget the teeth? No, read... That's the one. I haven't, I haven't read that bit out. <laughs> and then this last one, it's about an ancient Egyptian mummy named Imhotep, who's killed by a team of archaeologists and brought back to life for a magic scroll. <laughs> And he makes friends of everyone. In fact, he's a little bit too friendly. Chummy. The chummy. The chummy. (laughs) He's a little bit too chummy. (laughs) Well done. Five out of five. Give you absolute uh, credit there for not having one where they bring you back to life, but he stinks of jizz. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 
Oh, he's come Six upon the money. <laughs> wow. He's you said they weren't very highbrow, but Andy's taking it a step too far. He's been dead 3,000 years, and he stinks of jizz. <laughs> what did he do before he died? <laughs> what have you been doing? You dirty boy. So that toilet oh, paper is back to you. Bandages. These are solid. <laughs> Wafer. <laughs> Uh, that's that's when I got him off the screen immediately. That's why you're so dehydrated, mate. Look at you. You're dry. <laughs> Need some just electrolytes. Just use a sock like the rest of us. <laughs> Thought I'd do that. Just take it easy. I know it's boring right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. comes into this crypt. Oh, it smells like a wanker's <laughs> nightmare in here, mate. You want to just. <laughs> Uh, right, we need to rate the film. <laughs> Are you guys gonna be like uh, Max, who said, "What an amazing movie about a mummy"? <laughs> oh. um, are you gonna lean towards beanbag flicks of all the classic horror movie monsters? This is the most boring. <laughs> Beanbag flick. <laughs> of all the classic movie monsters, this is the most boring. Maybe you're boring, beanbag flick. No, I don't know. I need to know from um, beanbag flicks. Does beanbag flicks like the others or dislike them universally? This is the worst of them. Universally. Uh, I'll message him. I'll find out. Yeah. What's your stance I... on the other? Classic horror movies. Out of all of them, I've kind of struggled. I know we've talked about me. I struggle sometimes with the older ones, older movies. Uh, <laughs> Dracula, I, don't, I was particularly set on. I think anyone that's like three thousand seven hundred years old. No. Nah. Yeah, that's yeah. too far. That's not my cliff edge. Is ridiculous. Is gone. Three thousand two. No, not interested. How about your um, cliff edge? You don't really have that edge. anymore. I think. Cliffs of quality. I think the more stuff I've been watching, the more I've been able to appreciate. You know what makes up a a classic movie and what is just yeah. a load of crap. This film kind of did keep my attention for the duration. It wasn't like at any point I was partic- it was really slow, but I wasn't bored at any point and I was kind of still engaged and um, I mean action is, well, I say action but you know, the not much, not what that much happens, but I think I can still appreciate it. I would have wanted more mummy. I wanted more Karloff wandering about in bandages. So for that I'm just going to give it a C minus. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to give it uh, a D. I just, I mean, maybe I was watching it at the wrong time. I was very tired uh, and it's quite a <laughs> sleepy movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't really vibe with it all that well, um, but I'd be so watching it, it again in a year or two and see if I can appreciate it. 3,700 years time. You'll watch it yeah. again. Still Wait. boring. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? Um, this is one of these things, and I'm really trying not to be, you know, not to be disrespectful to something that has like inspired lots of things that came afterwards and popularized the character. Yeah. But in the same way, like those things that have come later have far surpassed this. Like next time I see Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, 1999, on TV, I'm not going to go. Well, this reminds me, I should turn this off and put on 
1932's classic mummy. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's by, oh, really? you know, by several yeah. measures, that is a far better film. And even for the filmmaking of the time, there are choices you could have made that would have made it more compelling. And, you know, you could have had um, Boris Karlov's mummy force choking someone while he was in the same room as them. Like, that's a thing you could have done. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, like, there are, there are problems with it that are driven by its age and the way I'm sure stories were told at the time. So you're right, it's it's a slow one. It's it's an iconic character, and if you're a completionist, then maybe watch it. But otherwise, you're probably better leaping forward to at least the Hammer Horror one with um, with the Kush to um, tell you that story there. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to go somewhere between you guys and give this a D plus. I'm going to give it a little bit higher than Luke because. I like it when they say things like, you can tell me to go to the devil if you like. That's fun. i got to stop going first when I rate things. Cause I'll go first and I listen to you and I go... Oh. <laughs> or you give Congo an A. <laughs> oh, I stand by that. I stand by that. All day long. Just don't compare it to other A's I've given because I might be embarrassed then. But yeah. There we go. Uh, right, okay. So um, that was surprisingly... Uh, 30 minutes longer than the actual movie um <laughs> hopefully you guys anyone listening found it slightly more entertaining than uh a 1930s bit of cinema yeah if you um, can keep it to yourself obviously yeah <laughs> yeah uh if you what was i gonna say go to the facebook group horror hangout board advisors go join a lovely bunch of folks there uh, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Uh, you can follow Andy at, at AndyCTWrites on Twitter. Um, you can follow friends. Ben at, at Ben underscore Errington. Yep, that's it. That's where you find me. On Twitter or me at Luke of Condor. It's Condor with a K. Yeah, uh, there yeah. we go. Anything else you want to dispense? Mm, well, next week we're doing Cannibal Holocaust. I've yeah. seen it. That face that Luke just pulled is probably how I feel as well. So this could be an experience, but there we go. Are you watching the cruel or not cruel week? version? I don't know. I prefer, to, I, prefer to watch, I prefer to watch the not cruel version, but, you know, I think it needs to be talked about as well. So we'll see. We'll see what I... See what I can find for science. Exactly, I'm a man of science, and uh, it's not about yeah. loot, Ben. Not about loot at all. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Alright, uh, guys. Talk to you in a bit. Nice yeah. one. See you soon. Bye bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.